0: x-men
1: get it x-men, X-Men. Come on. X-Men, X-Men. X-Men, X-Men. get it, get it. X-Men Come on. hey everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of battle of the atom this is your weekly x-men podcast where we rank every story from a to z i'm adam and i'm the bad boy of x-men podcasting zach jenkins and we're going back to the future this week right zach we have a a patreon request
0: to go back to 2099
1: we're doing more 2099 guys aren't you so isn't everybody so excited that we (laughs) love these 2099 comics and all of them are good and none of them are miserable <laughs> slogs that are truly unpleasant in every way shape or form.
0: Can I tell you how excited I was to get into reading these uh this batch of issues and then I read them and boy did my uh my enthusiasm wane very quickly.
1: <laughs> so the last time we did a 2099 episode we did the start of 2099 we talked about some of my favorite stuff like the start of it I guess we talked about we talked about the Z Men at one point. That was fun. We
0: got pretty far, right? Got I mean, Halloween like, Jack involved. Yeah, we did the Halloween Jack stuff. We got through Doom was president. We got to uh we even got to the the final
1: confrontation with the Theater of Pain. Like we, we got through like we kinda we kind of just it, ran the gamut. Hey, it still goes on for ten more issues in X-Men twenty ninety nine. And I gotta tell you. Those 10 issues are the best thing that we would be covering in this if we were covering all 10, but we're not. <laughs> uh, we are, however, covering X-Men 2099, 26 to 29, City of the Dead. And do you know why we're doing that? I'm assuming because of, we had a request. Patreon supporter Matthew McDaniel went on over to patreon.com slash comics. And said, folks, I like what you're doing. I smell what you're stepping in. And I'd like to throw a couple of coins into your coffers. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. If you want to be like Matthew, patreon.com slash comics. Give us money. Just yeah. Give us money. It's so easy to give us money. You know, <laughs> here's the thing about automatic withdrawals. And I love this. All you have to do is make that decision once. Mm-hmm. It's true. You got to you gotta just be feeling generous one time. Mm-hmm. And you reap all the benefits. And we reap all the money because you have forgotten about this money.
0: <laughs> it's in the past. And we are going into the future uh specifically, the X-Men of 2099 have started to become the defenders of Halo City.
1: Halo City is, of course, the city that Doom, uh, when he was president, made so that all the mutants could live there as a society.
0: How nice of him.
1: Listen, here's the thing about Doom. He does suck. Like, <laughs> he's a he's a fascist dictator. Doom <laughs> does. And this is not. Fully consistent in everything, but I think in the best Doom stories, Doom cares about his people. Mm-hmm. He does care about the Latvarians. He has a very weird way of showing it, but he like he does want to kind of be good at running a country. He also wants that to be on his terms and by his definition of good. And the moment that dealing with the accursed fool Richards gets like involved in this, he's out. It's
0: absolutely true. Uh, so Halo City sort of exists as this utopian uh, city where all these mutants are coming and lots of strays from all over uh, 2099 are, are moving in. It is being run by Morphine Summers. No relation to Scott Summers. This is spelled differently.
1: Shocking no one. Morphine Summers is a Warren Ellis character. <laughs> he that's, is very much a warren the ellis most character. it's the most warren ellis thing it's like oh so you just couldn't fit him into Transmet. that's fine
0: yes he is a green long-haired uh man in a uh, suit and he can make things age very quickly and that's that's about all you need to know about
1: morphine summers which frankly is weird because uh xian uh mm-hmm. the head of the x-men of 2099 he's back like on the team in this one, he's like, Man, I've had a real messed up time with the theater of pain. <laughs> um, sorry, I need to work on myself for a little bit.
0: Yeah, he's uh really not x mening it up, he is leading a health clinic. And unfortunately for the inhabitants of Halo City, well, fortunately for them, um, Sean is you know healing all kinds of terrible diseases, which is fantastic. He's not even sleeping, but. There is a group of terrorists that are going to blow up this clinic, and they are led by a sort of zombie-like guy known as the Grave Robber.
1: Uh, Yeah, this is the Grave Robber. We find out about him. He's not um, good. He looks like Eddie from the cover of uh, Somewhere in Time by Iron Maiden.
0: <laughs> he really does. Yeah, he looks like an Iron Maiden cover. You know, it's, got the gray flesh and sort of like metallic doodads hanging off of him. Guys,
1: go Google Somewhere in Time by Iron Maiden. And then if any of you are Daniel Warren Johnson, if Daniel Warren Johnson, if you're listening and your commissions are open and could you draw that for me but with cable <laughs> there? Because that's one of that's one of two heavy metal themed no, three heavy metal themed commissions that I would love to get at some point in my life. It's the cover of Iron Maiden in Somewhere in Time with Cable on it. It is the cover of Iron Maiden's Power Slave with Apocalypse on it. And it's the cover of Judas Priest's Painkiller with Ghost Rider riding his motorcycle instead of the (laughs)
0: painkiller. These are great uh, goals, great commission goals. Uh, The Grave Robber is not alone. He has brought back, his power is to bring back the dead. And his team uh, does consist of some somewhat recognizable x-men characters this is
1: the weird thing about this team is that it's very obviously gambit and colossus and feral and someone else and Mm -hmm. serpentina also
0: yes they bring back serpentina which is very emotional for everyone
1: especially tim he's not happy about it um the thing about it is they're like no these are definitely not these x-men these are different x-men i'm like that's Gambit, though.
0: Oh, <laughs> it is one hundred percent Gambit.
1: Like everyone else, I can <laughs> say, okay, there's a different, there's a different large Russian metal man. That Gambit. <laughs> it's
0: totally Gambit. He's the Arcadian. It is weird that they are being referred to as sort of like these. What are they referred to as, like alpha mutants? You know, like these were the most powerful specimens yes, because, of
1: their time. Because. Uh, If people want to read about it, I had written for Polygon uh, about a year and some change ago about the history of Omega level mutants. Mm -hmm. Uh, Turns out they didn't have any consistency about what they called powerful mutants for a while right so they called him alpha level here that's fine Whatever. which is it's the opposite of omega
0: but. yeah and it is weird that these mutants who are definitely not like omega level right like these are just kind of run in the mill
1: like powerful people one of them's um, just feral like this is the level we're working <laughs> with here
0: yeah it's uh it's definitely like 90s callback time unfortunately uh tim does die timmy Fitzgerald who's pretty much leading the team at this point, does die.
1: Skullfire. He does die.
0: Yes. And uh, is brought back by the grave robber. So the X-Men, who are more of a team than we've seen them before, really. Yes. um, Have to stop them. Now there's an added political component to this story. And that is that Shakti Hadid uh, has apparently has a father who's been illicitly dealing in like something called, what do they call it? The like, red meat district or something like i don't know what they I don't call it no it's some terrible thing and everybody thinks that and that is why the grave uh is it the robber. grave digger or the grave robber
1: grave robber grave, grave robber. digger's a monster truck
0: yes uh he is after hadid's uh dad and you know they're like well we don't really negotiate with terrorists so we're gonna fight you and um then they end up giving him. Her dad anyway.
1: Yeah. There's also a uh, journalist named Gunnar Haywood, who's a robot. (laughs) Yes,
0: Gunnar Haywood. A robot.
1: (laughs) Also a very Warren Ellis character. Warren Ellis did not write this. This is John Francis Moore and Ron Lim, as all of X-Men 2099 is. Yes. Uh, And I like this. Uh, But that's not the best part of this story. The best part is the introduction of my favorite uh, new faction in 2099. In all the history of Hot 2099 factions. Yeah. Oh, it's the Sisters of the Howling Commandments.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. They're so, battle nuns. Yes. they. The pun game in this arc is really great. So at one point, someone pulls a Ma- Moses Magnum 44 on someone, which is just like, right, you just did the chef's kiss. Like, that is just so brilliant. Then in, Then we get this reveal that there are these, like, bazooka cable gun toting nuns that are the sisters of the howling commandments and man what a great joke
1: do they only really speak as a religious code of other 90s marvel references yeah but i
0: like it it's pretty great and unfortunately um when we will see them later in this episode they're not as cool when they're not a joke in john francis moore's Sort of storytelling engine, right? Um, but we'll get to that when we get to it.
1: <laughs> so that's kind of all that happens. Uh, Tim stops being dead and then stops being a zombie.
0: Yeah, he's on his way to finishing out the series as sort of a being of pure energy and and light. Um, but at least by the end of this story, he is back alive, and La
1: Luna Lunatka is uh, you know reunited with him, and she's happy. She's happy about it. He does have a dream about his one girlfriend, uh, Rikio, who did die in a story that we didn't directly cover. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's fine. I like this. This isn't the best X-Men 2099 story that we've done. But it's like, look, it's kind of what it's what you want. Twenty five issues into this run like you are now safely in. We're going to enjoy these characters and this weird new change because the status quo has yet again changed for this team.
0: Yeah, and I, I think what I enjoyed about this is that, like I said before, this is the most cohesive the team has been. This is the most X-Men, th- this X-Men team has been for 25 years. Hey, there's issues.
1: even a new X-Men character that we don't uh, really get introduced to or talk about. I know she was in the last run recovered, but I forgot about her. Oh, Sham? Yes, her name's Diamond, Diamond, La LaSalle.
0: Yeah, Sham um kind of is rocking like... Why would you describe her? She's got a, she's got a, a shadow star. She's hop. a shadow
1: star bellhop.
0: Yeah, she's got the the eye signet. She's she's bald, and then right, she's dressed like a <laughs> majorette bell bellhop. It's it's a weird combo. So altogether, I enjoyed this quite a bit. It's still in tone with what more and Lim have been doing, and uh, it, it was fun. Is it is as as good as some of the other ones that we've ranked? Probably not.
1: It's not. But we've ranked a lot of things, Adam. You did mention that we rank things. Yeah, on our uh, big old list. Yeah, we rank things on our big old list. We rank X-Men comics, more or less, from best to worst, with the best being House of X, Powers of 10, number 100th being Ultimate X-Men World Tour. That's 16 through 19. Number 200 being Uncanny X-Men Volume 3, number 14, Morph. Number 300 is, of course, the seminal Glob Loves Man Kills from Old Man Logan. Number 400 is A plus X number five. It's a story with Iron Fist and Dupe and also Loki and Sinister. Uh, number 500 is Dazzler 13. We all remember what Dazzler 13 is, and we definitely shouldn't have written a parenthesis or a parenthetical around it explaining <laughs> what the story is for our memory. I think it's the jail one. Doesn't matter. You, go- If you guys want to know what Dazzler 13 is, you can look it up. I don't. Uh, <laughs> Days of Future Presence at 600. Number 700 is Silicon Archangel, Crimson Dawn, and at 762 on our list. The bottom, it's it's our rock. It's the Draco. Oh uh,
0: yeah. So way down in the 370s, we have um the shower
1: twenty nine all of twenty ninety nine.
0: <laughs> and we have uh the first three issues down at three seventy nine. This is I worse wanna than s I, you think this is worse than the first three issues?
1: Yeah. I kind of it's about right on the same level here's the thing about 2099 it's a consistent comic it's consistently like okay but i like it
0: yeah no i i still enjoyed this quite a bit i'm really fond of these characters at this point um i do think this is probably on the same par as at 383 the last arc of
1: claremont's nightcrawler with bloody bess and the shadow king
0: Um, I agree
1: with that, and I would actually put it right under that, right above the 2013 one-shot X-Men Gold, celebrating the 50 years of the X-Men. That comic came out 10 years ago, now that I say that, and I bought that on the shelves, and now I've got some (laughs) feelings We're my mortality.
0: All right, so this is going to be our new 384.
1: That it is, my friend.
0: And uh, the City of the Dead is the most fun that we will have this uh, <laughs> this episode because we're about to get into what happens after X-Men 2099.
1: Wrong. This happens in parallel. I know. Actually starting after the next issue. Yeah. That we so- didn't cover. Which, Oof. let's start there about X-Nation 2099. Yes, there was a lead-in issue of X-Men 2099. They do a really bad job explaining any of anybody's deal in this tom pyre and umberto ramos story well ramos doesn't stick around uh, for very long tom pyre. we're gonna to get to that in one second
0: yes yeah, so they are the the uh lead creative team at least for like an issue and a half if you will but x nation is basically if no one has ever read this before it is an attempt to kind of do a new mutants generation X book in this timeline. So with with, so many characters, so many characters. So instead of a a professor X mentor, you have Shakti um, who Cerebra is looking for the overarching goal for her is that she is looking for, this is a newly introduced concept of there is a mutant Messiah.
1: Again, really, if, if you're going to put number one on the cover of this, (laughs) make it number one guys
0: (laughs) the other leader of this group is um sister nicholas who is one of the sisters of the howling commandments and as i mentioned before this gimmick gets a lot less fun when it's not just a like side character and becomes a main character
1: it is less fun when she's just doing none things a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not as good. So should we introduce who X-Nation is? All these memorable characters, Zach?
1: So there's Wolf, who is an annoying guy. <laughs> then there's Willow, who I don't rem- uh, Willow. Willow can turn into, she, she can mystique. Uh, yes. There's Uproar, who can get tall. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. Twilight, who I don't remember a thing about. No, she's v- not very memorable. Read a lot of issues with her in yep. the last little bit. Yep. Er, Nostromo, who they explicitly say, no, he wasn't named after the ship from Aliens. And I'm like, okay, but you got <laughs> you had to know your audience, right?
0: He uh, is like a cybernetic dude. He's got a lot of parts.
1: Um there's December, Mhm. ice powers. Her name's December Frost. Uh no relation to Emma Frost, apparently. Uh, And then there's Clarion, another character I don't remember anything about.
0: No. Uh, There's also like
1: another guy called Metal Smith or something.
0: Well, Metal Smith is the uh, prisoner of the villain
1: of this group. At at Disney World.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, The villain of this story is a bird guy, like in an apocalypse suit named Avian, who like works at a. What's it called Million Palms Family Fun Center in Havana, Florida. So yeah,
1: Disney World. He's, yeah, he's made a Disney World cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I tell you is a better Okay, it is the most fun part of this when Corny Cat and Birdie Bird, the uh mascots mm-hmm. do a fight. I'm like, "Okay, I think this is funny." Everything else involved, I'm like, "I don't I don't care about avian."
0: There are some funny concepts here. They're done Let's talk about the execution here. Because let's
1: let's talk about the start, because this is I think I mean, I know this is Umberto Ramos's first Marvel work.
0: Yes, uh, he had done some other comics work before, but this is the first time that Marvel has picked him up. It's kind of with a lot of fanfare. You know, if you look at the end of the first issue, they're showing things from his sketchbook. They're showing things from his character design. Ramos is being sold as like, here's the new hot young
1: talent. Well, I mean, he has consistently worked for the company for 30 years since. So, honestly, yeah, a plus call Marvel talent. Like, Romos isn't my favorite guy, but there's a lot to like in his work. And he's being inked by Jimmy Palmiotti in this, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Romos has, like, he is very much a Joe Mad kind of vibe right now. He has the manga inspiredness. He's not, he is not into his own yet. Like, you could if I saw this I wouldn't be able to tell that it was Ramos right away but if someone told me oh yeah this is Ramos I would see it and say yes okay I get this.
0: Yeah this like, is
1: There's enough spine there.
0: We haven't gotten well you say there's spine but
1: well, okay spine <laughs> Romo's drawing still don't have spine.
0: No, these women have no internal organs. Um, there are bends and and twists to these characters that Hold don't on. Make the, any The sense.
1: dude drew Spider-Man, assuming that he was just a blob of, like, <laughs> Jello. things floating around him. So that's, I don't want to say it's just the women in general. This is just what Umberto Romo's does.
0: He, he's doing some things that later on... Like, by the time he does Cliffhanger, he is not going to be doing some of these these younger uh, quirks to his artwork.
1: Um, Great, But it doesn't last for long because... So by issue by the end of issue two, both Ramos and writer Tom Pyre have left the book. Walked away, from what I've read. Is that accurate? Marvel, this, this is coming out in 1996. If you know anything about 1996 and Marvel, you know that that's the year that the good times stopped. That's right. Bankruptcy time, right? They fired editor Joey Cavalieri, Mm -hmm. who was in charge of all the 2099 books. And everyone on the 2099 teams quit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone quit. Because
0: they were like, Joey's our guy. He's the one that's keeping this universe together. If he goes, we go. And we're talking Peter David, Warren Ellis. Everybody just goes,
1: whoop. We're gone. They're, they say, we're done. We're out. Nope, we're <laughs> not doing this anymore. So here's what has to happen here. Ben Robb and Terry Cavanaugh. Ben Robb, definitely an editor at this time. Was Terry Cavanaugh an editor at this time still? Sounds right. I don't know. Probably I writing think, occasionally. I, th- I, think he was, I think he was internal at the time. I'm not 100% on that. Don't quote me on it. I know Robb was. They have to step in and write this book from scratch. They also just have run out of pages. Uh, from Ramos. So they have to bring in Roberto Flores, Mike Miller, Eric Battle, and a shocking Ed McGinnis to yep. draw the rest of these five issues.
0: Yep. Um It's darn near illegible.
1: It, this is it is truly... It's a mess. Just a terrible book. Exodus then shows up?
0: Yes. So whereas the beginning of this book is sort of about Avian wanting Willow back, and then Metalsmith joining the group, and Wolf avoiding the Wild Boys, who are the Avian. Wild Boys are
1: a a street gang boys that include the Max, from Sam Keith's to the Max?
0: Uh, Trash, which... When Trash showed up, I was like, yo, this is like a crime against comic books.
1: Did you also say this is Sam Keith's the Max?
0: Oh, yeah. The
1: Max, yes. Yeah,
0: no, he is just like a purple pink guy with like teeth for a chin. He is the Max.
1: It's just the Max. It's very weird to see.
0: Yeah, and yet drawn in a way that is completely incompetent and doesn't really like <laughs> evoke Sam Keith.
1: It's Robbins' worst work on this, but.
0: <laughs> it's terrible. This entire book is terrible. Um, if we're not explaining it well, that's not on us. No, it is not, because um, it is wild. We were talking off air before we started that they seem to have just assumed that Exodus was
1: immortal. I'm not 100% Here's the thing. They may have retconned this at some point. I'm not 100% sure. Exodus was just sleeping in a, like, apocalypse chamber between the Crusades and 1993. Like... He wasn't living that whole time, guys. He was just chilling. He was frozen. Was he, was it, am I mistaken
0: that after like the second round of Sins of Sinister, though, that Avalon, I mean, that uh, Exodus is still alive or no? Um,
1: Yeah, but everybody's kind of alive. Yeah, they're all sort of sinisterized, cloning themselves. Yeah, right? Listen, OK, we we can't get into Sins of Sinister right now. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, I'm going to say it on the air because this is a one way thing. I don't care for it. That's all. It's I don't uh, think it's. I don't think it, it's The worst. I just don't care for it.
0: Listen, compared to what we're talking about right now with X Nation, it is uh, like Eisner comic of the year. Let's let's not kid ourselves. This X Nation, Nation,
1: it's wow, it's bad. It's true. I understand the situation that they were dealing with, but you know what? They could have just canceled all the 2099 books if their entire team quit. If if everybody quits last minute, you could have said. Well, There's some overhead that we do not have. To do with now. <laughs> that was I'm sure that Fixed Marvel got to,
0: yeah. Hard. I'm sure that maybe there was something to do with like having solicited these books and trying to satisfy some orders in advance. But by that same token, it you really do wish that they just pulled the plug because the book. I mean, we're talking about Ramos' art as if it's like good, it's not,
1: it's, it's not, not great. Good. The book. The book starts on a, okay, I'll let, I'll let this play out. I'll see how it goes. Sure. It, it ends on fire. Like it's a nightmare of an ending. It's terrible. I had not read X nation 2099 before. Mm -hmm. I shan't read it again.
0: (laughs) Uh, Read is, is generous. You know, it really is. Um, you know, props to whoever decided to put a Chromium wraparound cover on the first issue. But it's just these characters are not memorable.
1: Well, and do you know what I think is funny, Adam? Yeah. That in the back of it in Umberto Ramos' sketches in number one, they show all of these characters. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting here saying, one, I knew there was a lot of characters. There's more that we haven't seen. <laughs> right. We do not get to half of that sketchbook.
0: No, no.
1: There's Very enough to deal to with.
0: Me. There's enough to deal with without adding anybody. So um
1: They fight Exodus and uh Clarion dies. Sure. That's yeah. it. The story just kind of ends. Yep. And yep. that's it. It's bizarre. This is truly a incredibly wild comic. And yet I'm not convinced it's the worst comic that we're gonna be talking about today.
0: Oh, it is not, but this is still gonna go. <laughs> This is still going to go down our list I'm because scrolling down to 700, it really did hurt my, uh, my brain Crimson Dawn. to read this.
1: Uh, Axis. Yeah. I'm not asking. I'm stating facts right now.
0: Well, cause what we're talking about is just a complete lack of competency here. You know what I mean? And that, that, that really does. Um, it, it hurts
1: the book. Let's talk about complete lack of competency. The sisterhood arc of fraction and Greg lands on candy X-Men. Hmm. That's at seven forty. That's an incompetent comic. An Adam. That's better. That's better than X Nation.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Deadpool Deadpool versus X Force at seven forty two still has Pepi Larraz art. You know, yeah,
1: that one. That one just
0: has too many good, swastikas, but it's,
1: but it's it still or has too Pepe. many swastikas. This is this is worse than the Hyperstorm arc of Fantastic Four, isn't it?
0: It's worse than the Bird Brain Saga at seven forty nine. Is it better or worse than New Mutants Forever? okay see oof. like here's the thing 755 is witchblade wolverine which is a terrible terrible comic book but i understood what happened in it for the most part
1: right witchblade wolverine where witchblade <laughs> and wolverine get married by chris claremont yeah that's better dang it
0: i t- all right here's where we're at we're down into Whoa. like we're down into like offensive land here and the the problem here is that like um it's it's i'm going back up the list a little bit just for to make a comparison it's 750 we have what if wolverine was lord of the vampires during inferno which, which is better uh, than
1: this which also incompetent
0: is but it and it has that like art incompetence issue right with the mark pachella art um so now we're all the way down you just highlighted 760 ultimatum um, that's what i'd
1: say adam yeah i think ultimatum might be better than this i do too i would say This is not a joke. Mm. Below Ultimatum, above X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire.
0: I agree. I think this is this deserves to be this low. It's at 761 on our list.
1: That said, folks, it's gonna get worse. It will somehow get worse in this episode. Mm. In ways that are Truly upsetting because <laughs> I did not realize how much worse it would get when we scheduled this episode. So, the 2099 books end. All of them end because there's an ultimatum wave. Yes,
0: they, uh, the polarized collapse mount. It really is. It's an ultimatum wave. The world is
1: underwater, right? So, all of 2099 land goes to the Savage Land in a book called 2099 World of Tomorrow. Zach yeah
0: just gonna be honest this was one of the most painful reading experiences that I've had in the history of doing this show right we've been doing I agree we've been doing this show for what almost six years almost six years and we've ranked 764 stories it was a struggle my man to get through these eight issues because This is some of the worst comics I have ever read in my
1: life. Do you know what the secret about these eight issues of 2099 World of Tomorrow is? A secret that I did not realize until I was too deep in to quit?
0: That they're all oversized issues? It's
1: 840 pages. Whew. Folks. It's a crime. It's a crime. We got Ben Robb. We got Joe Kelly writing. We got Pascal Ferry doing one issue that looks great. We got. Jason Armstrong and David Brewer doing most of the rest of it with Carl Malone and Yancey Labette doing uh, a couple of issues here and there. So let's do a roundup of what's going on in 2099 land. The Fantastic Four are here. Yeah, sure. Just they forgot in this story how and why the Fantastic Four are here, because this story posits that the Fantastic Four are lost in time and need to get back to their own timeline.
0: That is correct. They've traveled through the negative zone somehow into the future that's not what happened that's not
1: that's not what happens in fantastic 4 2099 they get their <laughs> brains copied into well, different things by Watu the watcher yeah that's not what happened that's not their deal ben grimm's just dead
0: well awesome hold on green. hold on ben grimm begins this issue by taking the x-nation kids to mars Yes. At which point the writers forget about him and he disappears for the rest of the series,
1: including the part where the Fantastic Four go back to their home timeline. Which again, they—it's not what happens. No, that's fine. No, <laughs> it's so weird. You know what, Adam? You're right. I just assume he died and I forgot about it in this incomprehensible no, ha- nothing ha- comic. Nothing
0: happens to him. They—they the they the crash land. The point
1: of the cover, number <laughs> one, dead center. It's Benny.
0: He's the, he's on the splash page, the first page. And they just are like, well, I guess that was unimportant.
1: Okay. Let's, let's stay focused on the fantastic four for a second. Reed Richards is the worst in ways that Reed Richards is normally not the worst.
0: Yes. Sue is repeatedly reminding him, Hey, we have a son we need to get back to. And he's basically like, no, I need to create like a weird talking robot.
1: Here. Just like in Rocky 4, a movie I watched yesterday. And <laughs> folks, when people say there's a robot in Rocky 4, they mean that there's just a robot for no good reason. And Pauly wants to have sex with it. Pauly, actually one of the worst characters in all of all of movies. I hate him so much. Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 understand that Pauly's the worst. Rocky 3 and 4 think he's just a scallion.
0: My goodness. I am looking forward to your eventual Rocky podcast, uh, Zach, when you do that, because it's going to be amazing. But
1: I could talk about Rocky. I know you could. I've been listening
0: to your journey as you go through the Rocky and the Creed movies. And we're
1: done recording tonight, Adam. I'm going to lay in bed and watch Rocky 5 with Tommy Gunn, (laughs) a movie that I am assured is just the worst.
0: You know what? You you still have some good movies to go. You got Rocky Balboa.
1: I do have Rocky Balboa, and I have already watched Creed one and two, so I have Creed three.
0: Nice, nice. All right, so, um, reads the worst. Reads right? the worst. Um, they go
1: back in time after making the robot.
0: Yes, God, there's so much stuff going on here. There, the first four issues have a subplot, a very lengthy subplot about the new Doctor Strange, Mademoiselle Strange, going underground in the Savage Land, only to encounter Garak, the petrified man. Yeah. Only for that plot line to get completely dropped and not revisited for the entire
1: rest of the, the series. It's weird. Hey, Mademoiselle Strange is also the worst, but that's because she talks in 90s slang.
0: She's not the only one, but it is absolutely bonkers how many 90s like slang catchphrases there are in this series. It is wild.
1: Cannot believe it. This is, though, focused on really two factions. Not Actually, the X-Men of 2099, uh, but X-Nation and Spider-Man 2099. Yes. That's that makes sense to me that Spider-Man 2099, the only successful Spider-Man, only successful 2099 character would be like the center point of this. He hangs out with Dr. Doom for a while.
0: Yeah, we have. um, So Spider-Man. Twenty ninety nine, Miguel has gone off with Uproar and Wolf and have Spider Man has made it to Doctor Doom, but the kids Spider-Man. have gotten stuck with the old pirates of the Wild Boys uh on a pirate ship where there's like a gladiatorial combat kind of thing, and Wolf eventually just becomes where they, a wolf.
1: Kill, where they kill Halloween Jack for no good reason. They kill
0: Halloween Jack. Also and forgetting
1: that John Francis Moore brought Halloween Jack into X Force.
0: They don't seem to really understand where characters were left off. Do they?
1: Do you think Joe Kelly and Ben Robb read the 2099 books before they did this? I don't
0: know. And I don't, it doesn't matter because a lot of the main characters are characters like Hodge or John 10 Eagles who look exactly the same. They're both portrayed as bald white men. One just doesn't have an arm. I think that's John 10
1: Eagles. I mean, that's it. Hold on. He's from like X-Men 2099 proper. He's... uh,
0: Oh, I know. I know. But when you introduce a new character and they look exactly like an existing character and then they're drawn by two different artists on multiple pages and even the characters that you do know are being drawn by multiple artists in a single book and you have no idea who anybody is because everybody is like either a white bald guy or like a white kid with blonde hair
1: including the black characters which i found interesting oh
0: it's wild it's absolutely wild
1: they legitimately did not get the note that crystal the uh the the lady who worked with whose whose father was the head of the black panthers yeah. Uh, did not get the note that she was black.
0: Oh, no. The colorists have entire, no idea what's going on
1: in this entire thing. No,
0: Sean. Uh, Sean I honestly is, don't
1: think there's much like blame to be thrown on the colorists who are drawing things they don't know, can't really recognize. And I assume are just an insane schedule.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, the artists have no idea what's going on. I was sharing screen grabs with you last night of like some of the the humans who have been banished to um, the Savage land. Right. And like, they're walking around in like polo shirts and khakis. Like, no, this is freaking 2099 and we're survivors in the Savage land. You're not walking around. Like it's your golf game. You know, it's listen. It's
1: so bad. So anyway, the phalanx show up.
0: Okay. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's not a bit, that's what happens about about a quarter of the way through this book. The phalanx are here now?
0: Yes. So, led by the Magus, right? Warlock's dad, yes. Putting a pin in that. Right. Uh, the phalanx have returned, and no, the kid, Nostromo, who we met in X-Nation, turns out to be the quote-unquote mutant messiah, but he is also the quote-unquote scout of the phalanx who is going to connect earth to basically like the phalanx have like a unicron planet that flies around.
1: Yeah. Adam, they're, they're going to make a dominion. Yes. From, from Hickman stuff. Now, do I think Jonathan Hickman read 2099 world of tomorrow in his, what I have to assume is mid twenties and said, yes, this is the story I want to, define my x-men run on no i think they just used the same word but i do think it's very funny it is very funny um pulling the pin out for a second that i put in earlier the mangus is not a phalanx no he's a tech dark he is here that's they're different dude I and know I, know I know i know that that's pedantic and i know that at this point now jonathan was like yeah well yes they're they are the same actually And I'm like, fine, good. That cleans up so much continuity. But in 1996, darn it. (laughs) Those were different.
0: (laughs) They sure were. And um, you know what? It doesn't matter. It really doesn't.
1: It doesn't, doesn't, but it does bother me.
0: Because I know. Warlock's
1: dad there? Or where's Warlock, our friend? Don't know. If Nostromo turned into Warlock, I would have actually popped. Like, that would have gotten me. (laughs) There like, are I'm self-friend and I'm evil or self is self-friend self-friend self what well, I'm not doing a warlock voice.
0: You uh, would love for there to be a single moment of joy in the entirety of this steaming pile of crap. Um, but it is very incompetently written. Um, we're dealing with a huge cast and it is very difficult to know who you're following at what time and what planet we're on And why is Spider-Man doing what he's doing? Doom basically double crosses both himself and the Earth like at least three or four times in the last four
1: issues. Spider-Man 2099 has to deal with the fact that to save the world he has to kill Nostromo,
0: right? But he doesn't. But he
1: doesn't. But he. But he thinks he might. Yes. And then Doom's like, "No, you don't have to kill this kid. I fixed it. I'm Doctor Doom. I'm very smart." (laughs) (laughs) Which listen. If the whole thing was Dr. Doom's just screwing with Spider-Man, again, A+, plus, you got it. You're so close, guys. You're so close to a fun story, and you choose the wrong path every time.
0: It uh, is truly abominable. So at the end, the- they do defeat the Phalanx. The Phalanx do go away, and the book is promptly canceled, and we get uh, a very... Well, here's,
1: the, here's, the, here's the weird thing about that. Because they say that this is... The next issue is the penultimate issue. They say that on issue four, which would tell you that the end of this arc is issue six. That you would think. And yet... And yet it goes into eight, which tells me that they had to decide to pad out the issue, which is essentially adding four issues of story on the back end of this, in between where they want to be. And yet it still feels rushed. I mean, the art is terrible and they me- have multiple they have multiple recap pages mm-hmm. because they're like yeah so you you don't know what's going on in this book we're going to help you out here yeah, and we're going to tell you where everybody is but we're going to do it over two issues because we decided to give our cast like 30 people
0: they, there are there are literally index pages at the back of some of these issues to kind of like give you an idea of who the characters are and i think it's telling i did take a screen grab of this and send it to you last night that <laughs> i think it's ben rob uh writes a, a a very honest letter at the end of the last issue that says when we started this book it was to a hail of online criticism and scorn some of which started before the issue was even published.
1: Um, <laughs> great instincts, people. Incredibly good, and I'm honored to carry on this tradition.
0: He he also says that a few people might have liked it along the way. That's about as as high uh, as, as he's willing to go with uh, the praise on his project. So... Even it the does, people working it does on also, this,
1: I, it does also say at the bottom of that love letter in the Indica, it says, uh, "We canceled this book super early, so if you had a subscription, we're gonna, you're gonna get X Men now. <laughs> yeah. We're assuming we're assuming you want to read what's going on with Onslaught.
0: You'd rather read Onslaught issues <laughs> than this.
1: Which is... I would rather read Onslaught than <laughs> yes, this.
0: Me too. I would rather read anything than this. I'd rather read the phone book than this. Um, this
1: is a truly." upsettingly bad I ha- comic. I have and one so
0: one last bone to pick with this and that is that of all the problems of this book right the length the poor writing the really talent like hacky artwork throughout
1: I want to see if you're about to say what I was going to say
0: the lettering
1: especially in that last issue
0: it, throughout like throughout it is throughout it's bad the throughout. last issue who is
1: amateur hour
0: it is all amateur hour. Like they, this person did not own a ruler to line up letters in a word bubble. Like it is
1: right. 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 Terrible. Shooters. Oh
0: yeah. Terrible. Just who,
1: who did letter this?
0: I don't know. I mean, b- thank God that at least when the phalanx talk, like that does seem to be one of those like comma craft fonts. Right. Uh,
1: but the, the, the letterer was Michael Higgins. So I don't think <laughs> that they had a real letterer on this. I think they had Michael Higgins, the writer. That is very telling. It's just. Uh, uh, to be fair, Michael Higgins did letter about 400 comics from Marvel over time.
0: And I'm sure he got better and better at what he does. But
1: here it is. Atrocious. Adam, this is among the last things he lettered. So, no, he did not get better.
0: So, this is the end of his lettering career?
1: Uh, I mean, the end of his lettering career is Marvel Adventures 15. Oh, boy. Which I have not read. Oh, uh, Wolverine Fights the Knights (laughs) of Wondergore? Sure. Sure, why? I've never read this comic. Is this not just an adaptation? Yes, it is. Okay. This is just an adaptation of a episode of X-Men, the animated series. That's amazing.
0: Funny. Amazing. Uh, this book, not amazing. And uh, we are already so low on the list. We're we're really down to it here, pal.
1: I'm going to say it. This is not as good as X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire. And that is so hard for me to say. <sighs>
0: This is definitely in the bottom three.
1: It's I mean, it's not as bad as the Draco.
0: We do have to Listen, hold on. Listen, first of all, I all right. So I want to go back in time, right? The second to last story on this list is Phantom X Max, which I argued at the time is worse than Draco. However, we did say, as part of our argument of why not to put it down by the Draco, is that Phantom X-Max is something that the vast majority of people will never read despite how offensive it is. Right. Um, And how technically terrible it is in terms of its creation that we, we did keep the Draco because the argument has always been that the Draco is character assassination on, on the worst of all levels. uh, And its execution is really just like the pinnacle of what the worst of X-Men could be. And you have to read it if you are, an actual X-Men-like reader, right?
1: Don't disagree. Here's where I'd say. One, execution on the Draco is terrible. I know there's some Chuck Austin apologists out there right now. The execution on the Draco is truly just dog dookie. It's the worst. And I hate the Azazel retcon. Here's the thing, and I'm just going to say it. crawler's fine. Like, yeah, his dad's the devil. That sucks. He's fine now. Like, he would... I think... At a point in my life, I was much more upset about things like character assassination than I am now when I'm like, no, that was just a bad story. We don't have to think about it anymore.
0: Listen, if you're arguing what I think you're arguing, I am not going to battle you because I do think that this is the most incompetent piece of crap that we have ever covered on this show.
1: It is Adam, I
0: truly I am in
1: shock about this. It is this was not what I expected
0: the worst thing we have ever done because the draco for all its faults is kind of fun to talk about love talking
1: about the draco i I do that for hours
0: i don't ever ever want anyone to read this i don't want anyone to talk about it i want it to be erased from
1: history i cannot believe it chuck the truck are we doing this this is a big deal this i've already hit it this is a big deal this is wow has been there for about five years now yeah it's been sitting there for a spell wow it dethroned phoenix legacy of fire uh and then it definitely dethroned uh, did we do nyx that early it doesn't matter actually it doesn't matter what the order of operations was because the 765th And to our knowledge, worst X-Men story of all time is 2099 World
0: of Tomorrow. Truly a momentous occasion in the history of this show. I highly recommend that no one ever, ever look at this book.
1: It's really weird because I look at our bottom of our list and I say no one should read World of Tomorrow, but that's just for their own sanity. I think people should read the Draco. I don't think people should read Phantom x Max, but do look at the covers. I think if you know what you're getting into, you should read X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire. No, no no no, 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 <laughs> no.
0: Then you'll go to jail.
1: <laughs> if you're in a safe space, in a safe headspace to read X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire, I think there's a journey to be had there. Oh, God. If it's, if it's just one of confusion. I do not recommend this uh, plan of action. I didn't say I recommended <laughs> it. I said it. I can see the scholarly value of pursuing (laughs) X-Men Phoenix Legacy of Fire. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The scholarly value of 2099 World of Tomorrow. uh, We'll have to leave to our frenemies at, at, oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow, the real scholars is my understanding of X-Men podcasting uh to tell us if that's a worthy pursuit but i would argue no no it is definitely not definitely it not. is here's what i'd say if you wanted to be scarly, you could say hey this is why you need a good editor sometimes because if you take away a good editor and your entire staff quits and you just bring ben Rob into a situation it's gonna get bad <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> wow all right what an episode zach what
1: a twist would we I didn't go in expecting this it's just this is this is the kind of thing you only get through live recording it's true it's true uh I want to thank Matthew McDaniel yeah thanks Matt Matthew I know you did not choose 2099 world of tomorrow nor may it's possible you were not aware of the existence of 2099 world of tomorrow until we started this and now we all had to go through it so thank you <laughs> we all suffered. We all uh, dealt with this, and we have moved on. Yes. Uh, again, Patreon.com. If you think that there's a worse X-Men comic out there, friggin' give me $5. I'll do it. I'll do anything for $5. <laughs> You'll <like> a carny. <laughs> I'll do... <laughs> but I just read a hobo comic yesterday. It was so great. I loved it so much. Everyone here needs to go read. If you have not already read the uh, comic Rock Candy Mountain by Kyle Stark with Chris Schweitzer on colors, I, I bid you... That you must do it. There's a man in there named Hundred Cat. Do you know why they call him Hundred Cat? Uh
0: you posted this. Because fighting
1: him's like fighting hundred cats. <laughs> yes. And someone says, And why is that scary? <laughs> it's so many cats. It's that's like eight. How many claws was that? Four, sixty. That's like sixteen hundred claws. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much. I love I love 100 cats so much. Uh, go read Rock Candy Mountain. Don't read 2099 World of Tomorrow. Uh, I did. What was funny? Here's here's an X-Men related thing. Uh, I once cried on an airplane while I was drunk reading that comic the first time. <laughs> and then at C2E2 a couple of years back, I was talking to Teeny Howard and Cal Starks came up. And she also drunk. I don't know if she was drunk. She also cried on an airplane while reading Rock Candy Mountain. So that's two people who have cried on airplanes reading rock candy mountain. How many other comics can we say this about?
0: I don't know. I had to fight back the tears while I was suffering through world of tomorrow.
1: <laughs> no one should read, read world of tomorrow. Adam, what do you have going on?
0: Hey, our website is back. Comics. website's back. Is back. Uh, if you missed it, um, the rise and fall of, of piss ass magazine is up, which is fantastic. Uh, Zach did a ranking of all of the Minor League um, redesigned mascots. I did not do
1: that. That was Clark Erwick.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, we do have a new staff writer.
1: Um, Some are calling him the hottest uh, new writer in comics history. (laughs) The Lester Bangs of comics journalism is what I've been told.
0: Yes. So uh, check those out. And um, what do we got going on next
1: week, Zach? Gene. 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 Great. Not the Phoenix. We're talking about Jane, not the Phoenix. But until then, folks, this has been Bow the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!